You're listening to City Edge Church. For more information, go to cityedgechurch.com.au. Thanks, Ian. Uh, like Ian mentioned, me and Sarah are going to tag team preach this morning. Um, so we're going to see how this goes. We um, we both prepared a sermon separate from each other. So as of the, from this morning, we hadn't actually talked about what we're preaching. So we were a little bit nervous. I don't know why, because God's in control um, of the flow of it. So on the way here, we actually swapped drivers halfway through the journey here and both read our preachers. And we're pretty encouraged with how they flow, actually, <laughs> with the whole Bible. And yet we're both pretty well on the same topic, what's, what's unreal. So hopefully you guys will be encouraged with what we've got to say. Um, Tag teaming is a bit different to what I've experienced. I've only just, of last, with last few preachers, got to the habit of keeping them going pretty long. So I really struggled to actually refine and get this one really short. <laughs> so Sarah's got time to preach. So we'll, we'll see how we go. So as most of you know, last time I preached, I started a mini series in um, Hebrews 11, looking at the heroes of faith. I've actually um, got to change that from a mini series to probably a long going series because I've actually started reading through it, and the amount, the amount of stuff in that actual chapter is amazing. And I'm going to have to look at a few verses a couple times to actually get everything what it's saying out of. So today I'm sort of continuing that series. We're going to, we're going to take one verse from Hebrews 11 and look into it. Um, so if you go to, not just yet, sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself. So... Today, I'm not so much looking at the faith side, but I've called this preach the source. So, just to clarify, a lot of people think tomato sauce is the answer to everything. That's not what I'm on about today. Today, I want to talk about how we let Christ influence our life, and that he is the source. So, if we go to Hebrews 11.7, what says, By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heirs of the righteousness that is keeping with faith. So as we see, we meet our next hero of faith, and that's Noah. So we're going to read his story. So if we go to Genesis 6, 9 to 22. So this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. He walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jabbath. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on the earth had corrupt their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all the way around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make a lower, middle and upper deck. I'm going to bring the floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on the earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and... You will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of every living creature, male, female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, 
of every kind of animal, every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that there is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. So, as we all know this story, God asked Noah to build a massive ark, enough for his family and two of every kind of animal on the earth. And then God was going to flood the earth to destroy all the evil, then God will start again for Noah and his family. Like mentioned in Hebrews 11, that Moses was commended for his faith. Oh, Moses, Noah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like it's mentioned in Hebrews 11, that Noah was commended for his faith because he acted on God's instruction about the warnings of things that had never been seen before. So God's ask on Noah was massive, and the added pressure of the grief of all that God was going to do Personally, I would have had some concerns with God's plan. <laughs> but that's the issue for a lot of us. When we look at ourselves and not Christ in a plan and we depend on us without him, um, we struggle to succeed in a perfect plan without a perfect God. But we see that Noah did everything God asked and in that way God and in the way that God asked it to be done. But his big insight that God was Noah's number one influence in his life. He trusted God wholeheartedly, did not allow anything to influence God's will for his life. Noah's source came from God, not from what the world, and he was commended for his faith in that way. Noah was planted in God. So how does this apply to our lives? I'm glad you asked, and if you weren't going to ask, I'll tell you anyway. As Christians, we want... We want and need Christ to be number one in our lives, to allow him to be the source that influences our life. And this is done through the Holy Spirit and being spirit-led, allowing him to lead us in every aspect of our lives, to mould us and to, uh, to mould us to be more like Christ and bring him all the glory and make his name known. But as we all know, we get times in our life where we're hindered in how we allow him to lead us and to be influenced by Christ. A lot of the time we don't even know what's happening. We can get into a place where we become dependent on ourselves and less dependent on him. It is vital to recognise when this is happening. Because we are all human and we all have a fallen nature and that happens to all of us. And it's a place, an area where we get attacked a lot of the time because the enemy hates it when we're walking in unity with Christ and representing him. So we're going to look at some earthly ways of thinking that can hinder us from letting Christ be the one and only source in our life. I know I've had to check myself and my heart through my life and readjust sometimes when I haven't fully allowed Christ to be the main source. So the first hindrance we're going to look at, and that is not allowing the world to influence the way that we think or to change our thinking. In a world that has gone from a culture that you can do anything you want to, to a world that now pulls down and says you can't do that because you're not skilled enough, fit enough, good enough, have the looks, or just not good enough for for a cause, it's really easy to get influenced by a doubting world, and if we're not careful, that can start to influence our life instead of Christ. As you can imagine, Noah was probably considered as the town crazy. I mean, building a massive ark and trying to tell everyone that the world, the end was coming, you've got to be kidding, right? I'm sure, Noah, I'm sure Noah suffered a lot of grief for, for an unbelieving world, from an unbelieving world.
But this didn't affect him. He had 100% faith in God. He was not shaken in what was going on around him. He did not allow the world to tell him how it was going to play out and it's fine and just come join the party and see what happens. But instead, he trusted the words of God and had faith in what was going to happen. This can happen to us when God says something for us to do. We can start to live it out in our lives, but we get some bad reactions from people or we become self-conscious about what others might think. We may miss an opportunity to do that work because we're afraid of what others might say. And we allow that to influence our decisions in what Christ has called us to do. We look at it in our own understanding and we start to depend on us. When we depend on us and what others think, of, think, then we are looking at us to do God's plan. And an imperfect being trying to live out a perfect God's plan without God is never going to work out well. We fall into a trap of not looking to bring him glory and we're at risk of doing things in our own strength and we're getting and trying to get the glory for ourselves. We can get in trouble. We have and we start to look in the world for confidence in the plan instead of looking at Christ and being confident in him. So, when we allow the world to influence, we can miss the call of God's life as it's on our lives. So, But there is a way that we can counteract this. In Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. This scripture is great encouragement on how we can stay focused in Christ and not the world. It's saying, do not allow, your, do not allow the world to conform your influence or influence you, but it gives us a key to combat the world's influence on our life by renewing our minds in Christ Jesus. When we renew and realign our thinking in line with Christ's will in our lives, it puts us on the right track, allowing Christ to be the full source to complete that will. So the next hindrance that some of us can face, I know I've faced this one, it's the one where we say we're not wise enough. How many times has God asked us to do something and you reply, I'm not knowledgeable enough to do that, I can't do that? We can hinder... We can hinder our faith and what God wants us to do in our lives by not fully trusting in him, he is doing and what he is doing and trying to take some of God's perfect plan on ourselves. We start to lean on our, ourselves instead of God. For example, if God has called you to preach somewhere or to lead a home group and he has told you to go now, but you turn around and say, but I'm not knowledgeable enough to do this, you're not only doubting God's plan for your life, but you're also looking at what you bring to the table instead of what God is going to do through you and what he's going to supply you with. I know I've had God ask me to do something before. I've said to him, I can't because I don't know enough about something. But then I've gone out and learned what I thought I needed to be able to do in a way that I thought that was right. But in the end, that's not right either. We could sometimes miss an opportunity because we have gone out and learned something. But as soon as we do that, we start to depend on ourselves and our own newfound knowledge instead, depending on what Jesus wants to do in that moment. We can miss the point of what Christ wants to do through us because we ourselves put ourselves as the source, not Christ. Can you imagine what would have happened if Noah said, sorry God, I'm not a builder, I can't build a boat, but you know what, I'll make a deal. Give me four years, maybe five, I'll go out, get a carpentry apprenticeship, and four years' time when I'm qualified, I'll build a boat. 
once I know what I'm doing? What would have happened then? Noah would have been leaning on his own understanding and knowledge and missing out what God wants him to do. Not to mention, probably would have sunk if he used his own design. But as we read in Genesis, God gave Noah everything he needed. The knowledge, the blueprints, and how to build an ark. And Noah did not lack anything when building that ark because he did not lean on his own understanding, but he was completely dependent on God. Proverbs 3, 5-6 says... Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. This proverb sums it up perfectly. Trust in God, the full 100%. Don't lean on what you know, because he will supply you with all that you need in the time. It allows him to work. It allows him and his glory to be shown through you. So, another hindrance that we face... Worry and anxiety. I don't know about you guys, but I'm an expert at this one. Worry is one of those emotions that's a lot easier to do without even knowing. It's an emotion that engulfs everything very quickly and very fast and easy to do. I worry about a lot of things. It's not only not helpful, but it distracts us and becomes a source in our life. It takes focus off Christ and puts it on a certain area in our lives. What not only stops us from being effective, but it can stop you from thinking rationally as well. When we get into a state of worry, it is easy for us to try and fix the situation by our own strength. For example, now this is just the example. So, Can you imagine if Noah got caught up in worry for the matter that he's going to be on a boat and he didn't even pass his first swimming class back in school? He started to try, and then if he tried to fix the situation through that worry, he takes six months of swimming lessons just in case he falls off a boat, and he's worrying angst, what has he forgotten to do? He hasn't built a boat to fall off in the first place. Now, I'm not saying Noah couldn't swim. That's not in the Bible. That's just an example. So please don't go around telling people the only thing you learned today, today's preach, was that Noah couldn't swim. Um, that's just there for illustration. But as you can see, we can get so caught up with worry and trying to fix that that we can trying to fix something that we completely forget the main task at hand, and worry soon becomes the number one source in our life, and we'll miss the main part of the call, and can worry about something that won't ever matter in the long run. So, what does the Bible say about worry? So, Matthew six. 25 to 26, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So reading this, it's pretty clear that Jesus told us not to worry. But as an expert worrier, yes, I've gone up the rankings from beginner to expert, I have to say I struggle with laying this down. So how do we do that? So there's a verse in the Bible that that tells us pretty clearly. Um, this verse is physically engraved into my mind by a certain Sunday school teacher who used to make us sing this every single Sunday. And it's the most annoying tune you could ever possibly imagine. But... It's engraved the scripture into my mind. So to let you guys know, we'll read it, but I'm going to have this tune in my head for the next week, I think. <laughs> What's well, cool? Because the Bible says to, you're going to suffer to doing his work, so I'm cool with that. So Philippians 4, 6 to 7. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your mind and your hearts in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Ian's trying to get me to sing this, but if I do that, he'll run away. <laughs> um, I'm sure Jenna could, because I'm sure she remembers that song as well. <laughs> <laughs> so this verse is crucial in a way that we can combat worry and angst and that is by prayer and thanksgiving through prayer and thanksgiving it gives it, it takes away your mind it takes your mind off the worry and now you focus your mind back on Christ and all the times he's come through through for you effectively refocusing your mind back on Christ as your source and this is how and how we can't do anything without Christ. Without Christ, we are dead in our sins, and everything is impossible. Sometimes I put work as my source instead of Christ. I'm sure a lot of us have done this without even knowing it. You get so stressed out at work that we lose focus on Christ and representing him in that workplace, and we start to put our work in front of the means to support our families and us. We can lose focus that Christ is our source, and we put the thing that Christ has given us to provide for us as a source and we start serving it. As a source in our life, we are still Christians, but we get into the mindset of leaning on our job instead of our provider. We can get distracted in so many ways in this world by jobs and relationships and just the business of life that that can cause you to start, start to influence you and distract you from what Christ has for you. For a lot of us, I've done this in my life, I get challenged by it a lot in ourselves and our abilities and what we can do. We place God in a box where, we can't, where he can't work through us. We're looking at ourselves instead of allowing him to be the source. So, when we get distracted in our jobs we, and worry, we sometimes lose the ability to see Christ in what he's doing and we can't see a way out and we effectively put God in a box, not allowing him to be the source. So, I'm running out of time. I do have a few more hindrances, but I've got to give it over to Sarah. So, um, just to sum up, when Christ, Christ is not our main focus in life, we start to do things in our own strength. We depend on ourselves instead of what Christ is. That's, that's not the way he's designed it to be. It's not only unbiblical mindset, but Christ has never called us to do it alone. If he had designed it, designed it for us to do it on our own, there wouldn't be any need for him to come. What's the point of dying for us is virtually saying, God, I've got this, I can save myself, and what a mistake that would have been. As we all know, none of us are perfect and none of us can do this without Christ. But lucky for us, Christ, who was perfect, out of his love and grace, he redeemed us by dying a death he did not deserve, and defeated sins, the sins and death for all those who believe and accept in him. As believers, when he's not the number one source in our lives, we've fallen short and that just proves how much more we need him and we need him to lead our lives.
So I'll leave it there and I'll get the better half of our relationship to come up and finish it off. (laughs) Just pray for Sarah. Father, we just pray for Sarah, Lord. We lift her up, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that these words are from you, Lord, and we just pray you give her a confidence and a boldness, Lord, and we just pray those words, Lord, would just sit in our hearts and mould us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, Alright, so I originally had another preach organised for today. Um, I had it all planned last Saturday, confident with it, um, just had little notes written down um, and then Friday came and I no longer felt convicted to share it. (laughs) Um, So I like to be organised, so my stress levels started to rise. I knew I had to preach today. Um, I had plans for yesterday. I'm like, great, where am I going to get the time? Um, But before I started to stress too much, I took a step back, um, began to pray, and as I knew that it's not about what I want to preach, but it's about what God wants to. Um, And in that... Um, sorry. Um, in that, I got um, the verse from Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. Um, so today I want to talk about leaning back into God. Um, so I want to start by reading all of Psalm 46, um, and then we'll get into it. Um, so God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the, earth gi- though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is with her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. Uh, He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I just love this psalm and the comfort that it brings to us. Um, It reminds us that no matter what we're going through, we can just stop and rest in God's presence um, and that he is God. Um, we see, we read in verse 1 about how God is our refuge and our strength, um, strength in trouble. Therefore, in the midst of our earthly troubles in the world, we don't need to fear uh, that God is in control and he cares for us. In the end, at the, at the end of the psalm, we see that, read that God calls down to the earth in the middle of all the disaster and says, be still and know that I am God. Um, and reading from my study Bible, it says that be still, the Hebrew phrase um, for this is pro- probably means enough or stop. Uh, before we can rest and listen to God, he needs to get our attention back on him. Um, I work with, as most of you probably know, I'm the room leader of um, the three-year-old room at work. 
And I are so loud whenever we're inside. I'm by myself at the moment with 11 or 12 children. And they are talking, they're playing, screaming across the room, fighting each other. Um, and to get their attention, I have to shout out to them, stop, look, listen, to get their attention. Um, and that from this, this is what it's like for God. Um, if we're busy worrying about what's going on, um, worrying, stressing, he needs to shout down to us at saying stop and then so we can listen to him. Um, I went through a time a couple of months ago where I took my focus off of God. Um, there was a lot of change going on at work. I hate change. So I was stressing about who's going to be our new director. We had a lot of staff leaving. I was considering leaving. Um, and in the midst of this, I let it get so wound up in me that I stopped reading my Bible as much as I was, um, stopped spending as much time with God. Um, and in a result of this, the devil snuck his way in and allowed me to stress. And I got so anxious just over the tiniest of little things. Um, we read in John 10, verse 10, it says, The thief only comes to kill, steal and destroy. Um, then we hear Jesus say, I have come in order that you may have life, life in all its fullest. Um, so in the midst of being anxious and stressing, I'd let the devil sneak his way in and try to take control. Um, I can't exactly remember when, but... Um, but God has shouted down to me and said, stop and listen to me. And then, yeah, went back to understanding him and all the stress, all the anxiousness had went away. Um, we're all human and we do like to try and solve our own problems, um, but we need to let God to do the work um, and let him give all our situations to him. Um, and also praying for wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should, he should ask God who gives generously without fault. Um, we need to ensure we're putting God as our number one priority and listening to him. Um, spending as much time as we can with him and listening to him. But within this, we have so many excuses that try and stop us. I know I'm terrible at it. Um, get home from work. I'm just so exhausted from the children. I love them, but they're so tiring. So I get home. I'm like, I'm too tired. I'll do it later. Then later comes, oh, I've got to make tea. Have tea. Uh, I watch a bit of TV and then I'll do it. Get to bed. I'm just so exhausted and I'll fall asleep. Um, I don't know about you, but... Yeah, I'm trying to stop that and getting into a routine, which is working really well at the moment. Um, a lot of us have children. I don't have children yet, but I've got my cat. I've got a photo of him too, <laughs> if it comes up. Um, so he is my biggest distraction. Whenever I'm trying to read my Bible, if I'm at the table, he'll come up. He's naughty. He'll come up onto the table. I try to stop him, but he thinks he owns the house. So he'll come up onto the table. He'll sit but on the other side of my Bible, and he'll put his paws on it and try and stop me from reading it. Whenever I go to push him off or turn the page, he'll like put his paws back on to stop me. Um, and yesterday, this is him as I was trying to write my preach. He came up onto my lap and like started putting his head on the mouse pad and the keyboard so I couldn't type and he's cheeky but I love him. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so I was listening to, so we have so many distractions in our life that can try and um, stop us from spending this time with God. I was listening to a podcast from John Piper a few weeks ago about a lady who um, had wrote in a question about how can we spend more time with God when we have vis- busy lives. She was a single woman living by herself, so she had to work, do all the shopping by herself. Um, she had other commitments going on. And John Piper said that we need to be making sure that we're putting God as our number one priority. So if we're doing shopping in the middle of the day and leaving our Bible reading to the end of the day where we're tired, swap it around so we're making sure that God's our priority and then everything will work out from there. Um, we need to eliminate our distractions. When, sorry, when we eliminate our distractions, we're going to have more time with God and go into deeper relationships with Him um, and become more obedient. I was listening to a preach by Russ Doty um, a couple of weeks ago and he had said that obedience releases the supernatural. I just loved that verse. I was trying to like weave its way into this. Um, so the more that we're obedient to God, the more obedient to God, the more He's going to release in us and the more we're going to see Him move. Um, so we need to ensure quality time with God is our number one priority. The more time we spend with God, resting in Him, reading our Bibles and worshipping, the more equipped we're going to become, the more wisdom we'll have in order to assist us with these, with any issues that we face that we try to take control. Unless the devil can attack us because we, we're grounded in God and know, know He is in authority. Um, so we go on to the next part of Psalm 46:10, which says, And know I am God. When we say we know something, we're giving acknowledgement or aff- affirmation that we fully understand or acknowledge something. So the more time we spend with God, spend time in the Word, the more we're going to um, know who He truly is, that He is our Father, our Comforter, our Strength, He is a loving and just God and the greater our relationship becomes with him. Um, we read in John 14, 27, 14, 27 um, before Jesus is portrayed, portrayed, his disciples are worried about what's going to happen, and he says to them, Peace I leave with you, peace I give you. I do not give as this world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. I love this verse along with be still and know that it's just such a great comfort that um, whatever we're facing that we don't need to fear, we don't need to have that stress and that anxiety, that nothing is too big for God. We just need to make sure that we're stopping and resting and listening to him. That Jesus has paid the ultimate sacrifice on the cross for us. He's paid for all our sins, our fears, our stress. All we have to do is hand it over to him and stop our worrying. Jesus has paid the ultimate sacrifice so we can have a relationship with the Father. Um, I am going to close there. I do feel like um, having some time just in worship, I'm going to get Marilee to come up the front and just play quietly in the background. Um, And what I would like us to do today is just to stop, just to rest, um, and listen to the Father. Um, sorry, I've lost where I'm up to. 
Um, so whatever, however you feel called to, you can sit, kneel, stand, raise your hands, just to spend some time in the presence of God and just listen to what, just listen to Him and just giving all our fears, anxiety and our stress over to Him. If there is an area that you'd like, an area in your life that you'd like prayer for, either come up to the front or once people have, have finished, um, ask the person next to you if they can pray for you as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to City Edge Church. For more information, go to cityedgechurch.com.au.